Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to our very first Thrive podcast-only session. I'm really excited about this sermon series that we're about to go into called Hashtag Selfie. Now, there's two parts to this. The first part is hashtag. Now, I bet that some people listening to this podcast don't even know what a hashtag is. So if you're over the age of 40, hashtag is a pound key on a phone. And for all you teenagers who've never heard of a pound key and you've heard your grandparents maybe reference it, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the hashtag. Um, This sermon series is going to look at how we see ourselves. It's going to look at how God sees us, and ultimately it's going to look at the pros and cons of this culture that we're feeding into. Um, And so often we live this life of Christianity claiming to be pursuing Jesus, claiming to be pursuing righteousness, but our actions um, say something different. Our actions show that we're actually pursuing the world, um, and we're getting our value and our worth from the world instead of in God. So as we get started uh, with this part one of Selfie, would you just pray with me? Dear God, I just thank you for this time. Um, I thank you for this person who is listening to the podcast right now in this moment. And whatever they might be experiencing in their life, whatever they might be going through, Lord, I just pray that you would touch them, you would open up their heart, that they would be able to hear these words, and it would speak truth into their soul. And God, I just pray that if they're carrying burdens, um, Lord, I just pray that they would drop them at your feet right now as we enter into this time of um, fellowship. And God, while we're not actually gathered in person, um, in spirit, we are together. And so we know that you're present during this podcast. Uh, God, I just pray your power and your spirit upon this person. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the Oxford Dictionary has named selfie as its word of the year for 2013, which is an award given to the word or expression that's attracted a, a significant amount of interest in the past 12 months. According to language research, the use of the word selfie has increased by, listen to this, a colossal 17,000%. That's right, 17,000% since last year, which marks a huge upward trend. Even prime ministers and presidents are in on it, although the less said of that, um, the better, perhaps. But you see, most people won't need a team of language specialists to affirm the huge surge in the trend. One look at the average Facebook homepage or Twitter feed shows us that taking photos of ourselves has become increasingly popular. Um, Even inspiring offshoots include the healthy which is actually a real thing if you look it up. It's a picture of somebody's hair. So if you your hair game is on point, you can take a healthie. And, and probably the most um, alarming and scary version of the selfie is the belfie, which is a picture of uh, somebody's posterior. So stay away from the belfies, guys. Uh, seriously, like no Thanksgiving belfie or Christmas belfie in the future. I, I don't really want to see that on my newsfeed. In fact, Kim Kardashian published a video last month in which she offers tips on how to create the perfect selfie, including good angles, flattering lighting, uh, so much ridiculous stuff, guys. You really should check it out if you haven't. It's called The Perfect Selfie, Kim Kardashian, if you want a good laugh. But the reality TV star could be regarded as something of an expert um, when it comes to a wealth of personal experience. Uh, She regularly posts snapshots of herself on Twitter for her 18 million followers to enjoy. 
She's certainly not the only one either. Many celebrities, including Justin Bieber, Lindsay Lohan, and Lady Gaga, are well known for their posing, and even Pope Francis has recently gotten on the action. Um, one thing that would be very alarming is if I saw Brother Todd posting selfies on the Burlington Baptist page. Uh, I think I would be a little concerned then. But it doesn't stop with celebrities. It seems that many of us get a kick out of our online friends seeing a perfectly poised photo of ourselves. A a manipulated image where anything that doesn't look quite right is literally blurred out. Bags under the eyes, wrinkles, an embarrassing pimple, uh, less than flawless skin, and dewy glows. You see, no problem thanks to the array of easy-to-use photo editing apps available for us to choose from. Most people will admit to taking several shots of themselves before selecting the most attractive one that makes it onto their online profile. And most of the time, this is uh, tagged with an awesome hashtag that suggests the camera just came to life on its own accord and caught them off guard, rather than admitting that they spent the last 40 minutes deliberating over which filter to use. Now, can I get an amen? That's probably you who I'm talking to, because I'll be honest, I personally... Um, have been called the selfie king. I, I, I like. I take them all the time. I take them with other people. I take groupies more than selfies, uh, pictures of large groups. But I guess it falls into the category of selfie. Uh, but where exactly does this obsession with taking photos of ourselves stem from? I think it's been uh, suggested that it's symptom- symptomatic of our self-obsessed society. Maybe it's the product of a culture that encourages a me, me, me mentality. Maybe it's just the increase in our human vanity. But it seems to me that the growth of this selfie obsession probably comes from an increased sense of insecurity rather than arrogance. Uh, The expanding presence of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram in our everyday lives has blurred the line between reality and fantasy. You see, we're never more than a couple taps away from seeing what other people are getting into, judging whether or not they have more fun than us, and engaging in this digital um, one-up game where we constantly are feeling the need to post things to make our lives look more glamorous or better than those people that are our friends, quote-unquote, on our social media. You see, we're able to create a perfectly crafted persona online, which may or may not actually bear resemblance to our real-life selves. We adjust what we post to give the impression that we're constantly having the most glamorous and exciting time of our lives while concealing the parts of our lives that just don't quite fit in uh, to our own fabricated versions of ideal. You see, the selfie is just the tip of the iceberg. We can share a picture of a large bath filled with bubbles and surrounded by candles, and no one will ever need to know that the water's lukewarm because the boiler's on the blink and the bath leaks. So if anyone's in the kitchen, well, they might get a little wet. See, this is both the, the magic and the insanity of the internet. See, our age is one of half-truths, carefully edited photographs, and broken people hiding behind a contrived digital mask. In an article titled Instagram's Envy Effect, Relevant Magazine explores the danger of foregoing authentic, authentic and intimate community in favor of that found in the public sphere of the internet. If you've never been on Relevant Magazine's website... Uh, I encourage you to do that after you get off this podcast to check it out. They have some really, really um, great articles. And like the name would tell you, all of the topics that they talk about are very relevant. Um, So make sure you check that out. You see, 
Community happens when we hear each other's actual voices, when we enter one another's actual homes with actual messes around actual tables, telling stories that ramble on beyond 140 characters, says the writer Shauna Naquist. But you see what's happening is we're losing the real community found when we gather in person with friends. You see, the the real honest conversations where we admit what's not going so well as well as celebrating what is because we're too busy worrying about how many likes our profile picture is getting or why that girl we haven't spoken to since we were nine years old seems to be enjoying life way more than we are. You see, we find ourselves so consumed with crafting a post that lets other people know what a great time we're having that we forget to actually enjoy the company and the beauty that's really around us. We let reality slip away while staring at a two-inch screen, and if you're an iPhone uh, 6 Plus user, a 12-inch screen. You see, it's time that we started facing the problems that we're creating for ourselves by succumbing to the lures of social media and the thrill of the selfie. The internet's an incredible resource, but it's all too easy to fall prey to obsession, which is when it becomes unhealthy. You know, the Bible speaks to this, anything that becomes an obsession Anything that becomes Lord of your life or something that you're going to put more value and more worth into than God, that's when it becomes a problem. We're, we become gluttons on self-indulgence, on, on likes, and on social media. You see, sometimes I wonder, what would Jesus do like those old wristbands used to say when we were kids? WWJD. If he lived in an age of camera phones... Would he have tweeted photos of himself hanging out by the water's edge, having a few glasses of wine at the wedding of Cana, or standing next to that tree with the caption, I think someone's up there, LOL. (laughs) I don't think that the God of the universe, um, the son of, of a holy God who was perfect, whose mission on this earth was very clear, who humbly walked, Um, Nothing about his life was self-indulgent. Nothing about his life um, said, look at me. You see, somehow I can't imagine him saying uh, uh, someone's up there, LOL, or posting pictures of his face or the miracles that he was doing. Because he was always, always, in every Bible story, favoring intimate relationship over self-promotion. Jesus withdrew from the crowds, and he spent time with God alone. He told servants at the wedding to hide the fact that he had performed a miracle. He invited Zacchaeus down from the tree and even had dinner with him, well aware that it would damage his own reputation. See, I think that's something very important for us to grasp a hold of. Reputation is so important for us, but look at what Jesus did right here. You see, Jesus wasn't concerned with holding up a reputation at all. In fact, he had a pretty bad image in the eyes of many people of his day. He was eventually killed because of it. You see, I get the impression that Jesus cared far more that the people he met felt loved and valued than about crafting a shiny image of himself. And and even though the Bible suggests that he wasn't particularly good looking, I'm not convinced he would have agonized over what filter to put on his Instagram post. You see, the Bible also describes Jesus as a man of sorrows who had nothing to attract us to him. The Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. And yet, he's constantly attracting us to him two millennia after his thoroughly unglamorous life and death on a cross. You see, the point of this uh, sermon and message isn't to criticize people who post pictures of themselves. Because like I said earlier, I have to admit that not only do I use Snapchat, I use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm posting selfies and all kinds of stuff. 
I'm sure that there's Snapchats that I, that I sent out that will eventually uh, come back someday to bite me in the belfy. But I think it's important to consider the place of significance that we allow self-promotion to have in our lives and the ramifications that it's having on our ability to build effective community. Jesus calls us to die to ourselves. Perhaps that it's time we die to our selfies, too. You know, one of the biggest problems with the selfie is that no matter how hard we try to put out the perfect image, no matter how many photo editing tools we use to get rid of the blemishes and the imperfections in our life, we can post a picture where we just look absolutely flawless and glamorous, but all that is is an image. All that is is a fictional reality. It's nothing real. It's so fabricated, and people know that. People know that that's not the truth. And you see, I think the problem with the selfie is that it even can convince some people that for a moment their life looks perfect, that their life actually looks good. Instead of addressing the actual spiritual problem in the matter. You see, I believe that if our culture was a movement of people who were promoting Jesus Christ and the cleansing power of grace, people would start feeling qualified. People um, who struggle with insecurity and self-hate and try to, to fix this image of themselves on social media who are so adamant about posting the perfect picture, I believe that if they knew about this grace thing, if they knew the scandalous power of grace that had the power to erase that ugly past, that had the power to crop out that image and present a bigger picture, a picture of holiness and righteousness and goodness, something that's actually worth looking at that is real and genuine and life-changing, that this issue with the selfie would totally dissipate because people wouldn't be so consumed with what they looked like on the outward appearance. They would stop being like the Pharisees, trying to present themselves as holy, and on the inside, being like a dirty cup, not clean, black, empty. If we started promoting what Jesus could do in, in people's lives and truly preaching the gospel to all nations and talking about the life-changing power of Jesus, I believe that the issue with the selfie would go away because people would realize the power of selflessness, and that is the power of Jesus because he represented it better than any other person ever. Jesus was the most selfless human being to ever walk this earth. And every single thing that he did pointed people to Jesus. We're, we're doing a small group series in um, Transitions. And one of the messages was really, really great. And it was about how we can lavish in this idea of our uh, expendability. And that's a crazy concept to think that we would want to lavish in something like that. Uh, and it almost sounds sad that we're expendable. But it's truly a beautiful thing because the reality is our glory is too small of a thing to be living for. It doesn't matter if you have 500,000 followers on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and, and you got so many likes on your selfie because that doesn't matter at the end of the day. When Jesus comes back and says, hey, hey, did you show people my face or did you show them yours? Were you concerned about glorifying self or glorifying me? 
And one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and we'll end here. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You see, the reason that I love this passage of Scripture is because it talks about how the old has literally died when we're a creation in Christ. When we are in Christ, we are a new creation. You see, sometimes I think that we, we have this idea that God just makes us look better, that we're really this uh, uh, crumpled up piece of paper that can never look right or normal or good. But when we're in Christ, what this passage is telling us, what this passage of Scripture is saying literally is that we are a new creation. We're new. The old is gone. The past, that past that is binding you, that past that is consuming you, it's dead when you're in Christ. And we're a new creation. We are a new creation. You see, the problem with selfies is that no amount of filters, no amount of Photoshop or photo editing tools can make you a new creation. They can just make you a better version of your old self. And when you look at those pictures, you still see the imperfections. You know where they lie. When you look into your eyes, no matter how edited and no matter how many colors you might have put on there to make yourself look prettier or feel better about yourself, when you look at that image, you still see your past. You can still see the brokenness. You can still see the pain. You can still see the sin. But what what the scripture is saying is that Jesus has the power to take somebody who has a broken past, who has an ugly past, and instead of just placing a filter on it or trying to crop out the ugly, he's saying, I will give you a new life. You will be a new creation. So I want to leave you with this today. I don't want to say tonight because you might be listening to this in the morning. I want to leave you with this thought. Two things. First off, are you a person who is obsessed with self? Are you a person who is is constantly just craving attention, craving um, people to like you or approve of you, desiring uh, to feel loved by the world? If that's you, would you realize that uh, our glory is too small? It's hard because we have to humble ourselves, but would you realize that there is a bigger picture than just that square box on Instagram. And that God's glory is so big and so beautiful that it outshines even the darkest corners of our life. And so it's worth showing the whole picture to people. It's worth having real community with people where we talk to real people about real problems and real things that are going on in our life. Would you drop the persona of social media in this perfect image? Because the reality of that is if you're a Christian and you're promoting that, If you're promoting self as this perfect individual who has zero flaws, who's never struggled, who doesn't have a past, what you're really saying to a broken and hurt world is that you'll never look like me. You'll never be able to have this because you're not perfect. You're flawed and I'm not. And how are we supposed to spread the gospel and talk about Jesus and the power of his grace if it's not evident in our lives? Because if we're hiding the ugly and the bad, we don't need a savior. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? If we're hiding our brokenness and our sin struggle and the things that we're dealing with on a daily basis, if it looks like we've got it all together on our own accord, people will start wondering, okay, well, where is this God? What's his power? Because it's not evident in their life because they've got it all together all by themselves. They don't need a God. Guess I don't either. You see, the beauty of grace is that it takes that broken past and it makes it into something beautiful. The second thing that I want to leave you with um, whenever you're listening to this message, and I want this to be uh, something that you really truly hold into your heart, it's this. If you're a person who has struggled with insecurity, if you're a person who has just desired for someone to say that they, they like you or that you look pretty or that you're significant or that you're important and you crave that so much that you lie in order to receive that, would you just for one moment right now close your eyes and imagine this picture of you coming home after school or after a long day at work or from your day and opening that door and being greeted by your dad. Now you might not have a good father, um, you might not have a father at all, but I want you to picture in your head the greatest father figure you can possibly imagine with open arms greeting you and hugging you and saying, how was your day? And looking at you like you were the most important, worthy person. See, that's how God is receiving you right now in this moment. It doesn't matter how broken you are, how ugly your past is, none of it. Because if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. And he's waiting with open arms to say, you are important, I love you, and your life matters. Your life matters. You see, one of the beautiful things about God is that he takes ashes and transforms them into something beautiful. So during this song, it's called, You Make Beautiful Things. You make beautiful things out of us. Would you maybe for the first time realize that, yeah, selfies are this huge cultural issue, uh, thing, promotion of self, but I really think it points out the bigger flaw of our own human insecurity. When you realize that God thinks that we are beautiful and he makes us that way because of his grace. Would you just thank God for that during this time? And would you not be afraid after this message to talk about it? To say, you know what? My life is ugly. My life is not perfect. Here are the dark corners of my life. Look at them and let me show you how God's grace takes these ashes and makes them into something beautiful.
Yeah. 